it seems fitting that a message on wonder in a Unitarian Universalist uh, congregation would begin with Mary Oliver, because, you know, sacred text and everything. Mary Oliver and her work. She writes, Still, I want in my life to be willing to be dazzled, to cast aside the weight of facts and maybe even float a little above this difficult world. I want to believe I am looking into the white fire of a great mystery. And there's also something from Michael Lerner in Tacoon Magazine. He writes, At the heart of our existence is a, is a mystery and various spiritual traditions have come into existence in response to primary mystery. The mystery that there is anything at all. The mystery there, that the universe seems to have a consciousness and a meaning that transcends our daily experience. It is the reality of human experience that at our core, we respond to the universe with a sense of awe and wonder at creation. We are dazzled by the incomprehensible fact of being itself. Through history, we have responded to the sense of awe and wonder with song, with prayers, with dance, with theology and philosophy, with great art and architecture, with a sense of humility and recognition. There is something that is both part of us and beyond us, something that we cannot name or control. It is from this sense of awe that the most profound wisdom springs. Mm. I love this, this choice in both of these of the word dazzled. Dazzled. I mean, wonder is great. Like, that's a great word. But dazzled. Dazzled. When? When have you been dazzled? When have you been dazzled? Mm. As a faith, we are talking about how we engage with the world, how we explore and live into our values and our principles, our motivations, our aspirations, our dreams and our vision, and how we simply also Make, make our way through this existence one with another. We talk about this with our, uh, at the, in this time with how we've described our Unitarian Universalist principles that we affirm and promote the inherent worth, that we affirm and promote a search for truth and meaning, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, that we affirm and promote the interdependent web of existence of which we are a part, and more, we say, and more. And we ground these. We're figuring out again and again how much we are connected in all of these principles and values by the work of love moving in us and around us, uh, an emotional and an active love that brings us out into the world with 
loving action towards ourselves and loving action with each other, our neighbors, and so on. We're exploring as a whole tradition, not just sometimes in this congregation, but as an entire congregation, as an entire faith, how we talk about what is most important to us and how we are inspired. Where does that come from? That are, where do our values come from and where do they lead us onward? So, for example, we talk about in our principles um, uh, the inherent worth and dignity of every person, but why do we believe that? What is the theology, the personal theology, for example, that says we do affirm this? And one of those ways that informs our uh, values and our principles in this is not just our principles, but our sources, how we have, we have named six different sources in Unitarian Universalism at this time, although by all means, there's room for many more. And the first source that we describe in our list is the direct experience of transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures which moves us to renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. That's the first of our six official sources, of our six named sources, because we know there's so many more. So we're on this moment and in this journey of exploring uh, what we say we value and how we articulate that, and then how do we live that in the world. And we spent some time on the journey this fall. Uh, in October, we covered the theme of courage. In November, we covered the theme of change. And last Sunday, last Sunday, spending a moment um, with kind of reconnecting with our embodied selves after so much kind of shifting and exploring and being interrupted and finding new things, uh, learning new things and trying to integrate that. We spent a moment last Sunday re reconnecting with our body and that body, mind, and spirit before entering into this time and this theme of wonder. But before I fully... Uh, go further with saying, hey, wonder is great because wonder is great. I want to recognize and spend a moment recognizing that sometimes wonder is not actually a priority. In fact, it can be very far down on our list of what deserves the finite number of hours uh, and emotional attention we can muster in any given moment. Because there's sometimes I'll, I will offer that <clears throat> sometimes the connecting with mystery, isn't that lovely and sparkly, can seem just plain frivolous and not practical and not, it's not going to pay the bills, if you will. It's not going to deal with the heating. It's not going to deal with the broken stove or whatever we have that comes up and interrupts our lives. Sometimes wonder and mystery can seem awfully disconnected from our hardships and our struggles. Sometimes wonder can feel the farthest from us when we are deep in challenges, when we're seeing and knowing injustice in the world or in our lives, when we are deeply angry, 
when we despair for what is and what may come, for unexpected changes in circumstances, unwanted, undesired changes, and unwanted and undesired diagnoses as well. Wonder can feel so far away when we have the immediacy of humans being terrible to each other, right in our faces. Wonder feels not really part of the picture at times when we experience alienation, the dehumanizing experience of being subjected to the workings of institutions, company policy, insurance approvals, and the anxiety connected with that. In fact, even wonder can feel fairly far away from uh, in this moment when so many of us are striving to take care of our very earth, such a source of amazement itself amidst our climate crisis, the long-building, long-coming devastation of our planet that is in fact removing places of wonder, systems of environmental miracles that will never come again. This is all present in our lives. So why? Why do we spend this moment on wonder? Why is it such a priority? Why? Perhaps, perhaps the way to go about this is to be, try to be tangible and specific with what I'm talking about, with a place of experience of wonder and mystery. Let's go with direct experience, something tangible. Because I know, I know from our conversations, I know that wonder is present even amidst the hardships in our lives. I know as you all have shared so much of that with me in other conversations. We have talked about this together. So if we, so let's be bringing a little imagination. If we took a field trip, like never mind time and space constraints. If we took a field trip as a congregation, as a gathering right now, where would we go to no wonder? Where would you like to take us all to no wonder? Yes, Nancy. Out in our woods, out in the woods, right outside on the other wall, other side of the wall. Thank you, thank you. Yes. The North Pole. Ooh, ooh, nice. Yes. A brilliant starry sky. Mm -hmm. Yes, Rachel. So those excellent nonprofits that are helping people on the East Bluff South side of Peoria. Yes. Yep. Yep. It might not. Yeah. There's lots of different ways we might know wonder. Yes. That we're that human beings can help and be kind. Sometimes that's just a wonder by itself, is it not? Yes. Sunrises and sunsets. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, I recognize I asked that question knowing that you're probably going to go on your own personal field trips maybe for the rest of the service, and that's okay. That's okay. I know that. It's okay. 
It's all part of the service. It's all fine. If I may, let me take a moment to share where I would bring you, where I would bring all of us, like the kids included, the whole, all, everybody under the roof and online. You're welcome to join us. If the limits of time and space were not a question, and if we had instant transporter technology and time travel too, we'll go with it all. I would say 6 a.m. on a beautiful summer morning at Ferry Beach in Maine, southern Maine. It's one of our Universalist Camp and Conference Center. There was a particular day this summer that was the absolute lowest tide of the week, of a religious education week for families and everybody. When the wave's edge was hundreds of yards from shore. It's a particularly shallow spot. And there was this liminal space between the beach and the beginning of the actual waves. And it was this shallow, splashy uh, surface. It felt like walking on water, like for real walking on water, not ice, but walking on water with the early sun glinting and flashing, it also felt like walking on pools of light. And below, as the water ebbed, you saw the shaping of the finest grain sand into ripples. For the creatures that lived there, they'd be miniature hills and valleys. And the water was so still that you could see the tracks of the crabs and the snails. And one could walk for miles up and down the shore at this low point in the tide. And it's a little thrilling, too, to be out there in a blue true dream of sky because at any moment, the tide was going to turn and start to come in. But the thrill wasn't for personal safety because there was no harm coming. It was so calm and it would have taken a lot of time for all that water to come in again. But because, the thrill was because the world that was revealed in the withdrawing of this water in the shallows would have been hidden, obscured again by tons of waves and water. The thrill was to have life revealed in its unique nature at that moment. And a life in that exact composition would never come again. The tide and the moon and the water and the creatures moving would have been different in any other moment. It was exactly unique in that time. And that morning, I also shared a bit of that experience with some folks gathered. I found a, a moon snail, a moon snail. Now, this is one of those snails I'm always impressed by it because it's got a relatively modest shell and a disproportionately large foot. I mean, just like, how do you fit it all in kind of snail? And the seagulls had been by trying to eat and get into whatever creatures it could, they could find. And I thought this particular snail was dead because it hadn't fully retracted into its shell. 
And so I found a large clamshell and put the moon snail in there and, and walked up the beach and carried it up to show folks who were our early risers also on the porch and just enjoy it for a bit before sending it back to the ocean. And while talking with folks and kind of not paying attention to the snail for just a moment, it opened and started moving. It was not dead. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. That alone was a good moment of telling me to check my assumptions about life as well. As soon as I realized it was in fact still alive, I brought it up to our, our room to show my daughter, because that was what I brought it up in for in the first place, and then quickly returned it to its home. This, that moment, is the experience of the earth and its natural miracles that, that I would share with you, that we could all gather as uh, on the beach as a cloud of witnesses to absorb that moment. The presence of wonder, the priority of wonder and mystery, to keep holding that out before ourselves to say this this right here, pay attention to this. It is so full of possibility to change our hearts and to change, provide a change of life. As Victoria Safford said in the, indicated in the reading, we begin with the cosmos and work all the way down how that wonder flows. What flows through and through us and what then calls us to respond. How shall we move and change and shift and be present in our lives? And I think, you know, I ask the question, you know, why do we wonder? Why do we wonder? I so appreciate that in our current exist of exist, current uh, composition of sources, then we begin with that. As I think, I think we need that reminder again and again and again. Because there is, in fact, so much ugly. So much that has come down to us that has caused us pain through society and family and connection or disconnection. There's so much hardship that is around us and within us. We have to keep starting with wonder whenever possible. Wonder by itself reminds us also of the miracle that we are, including, including our bodies, whatever form our bodies take at any given moment. As Sonia Renee Taylor reminds us in her work, the body is not an apology. Our bodies are powerful, remarkable gifts. And wonder reminds us what it is to be honored and respected and provided space, whatever space we need. 
wonder reminds us about the cycles of life, of day and night, that night falls and dawn breaks and stars come in and out, even when the world breaks us and breaks our hearts. We wonder because there is so much we don't know. Science, for sure, provides keys and information, but oftentimes it just provides more entrances to more wow and to more questions. Because we are all about the questions. And we keep going with the wondering because it is questions all the way up and down and sideways and so on. As Albert Einstein reminds us, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and all science. We wonder because we need the wildness of it. That aspect of wonder that is untamed, that is not in our control, as Henry David Thoreau reminds us, we need the tonic of wildness. At the same time that we are earnest to explore and learn all things, we require that all things be mysterious and unexplorable, that land and sea be indefinitely wild unsurveyed, unfathomed by us because unfathomable, excuse me, <laughs> it is unfathomable. Oh my gosh. We'll get there eventually. We can never have enough of nature. Because when I ask when I ask in Unitarian Universalist context, in most contexts, frankly, about sacred places, meaningful experiences, or encounters with wonder, we just immediately go to nature and bring nature with us whenever possible and return to nature to fill ourselves again and again. And I think ultimately, in the wildness, in the wonder, in the mystery, this is how we locate ourselves in the shiftingness of all. This is actually how we locate ourselves, I think. How we kind of set and place ourselves and even find something of an anchor while dreaming with the clouds, gazing deep into the Milky Way or on the smallest, smaller scales are fascinated by tiny hummingbirds or gently bring a ladybug outside. Our embodied beings of possibilities are in a constant state of orienteering mentally, emotionally, physically, existentially. And wonder and mystery gives us a place to start that we may continue on our journey again and again, the mingling of poetry and science to know, to learn, and then be dazzled once more. I saw from the crypto naturalist, the fossil is not the animal, the fossil is not the bones of the animal, 
The fossil is the stone's memory of the bones of the animal. And that's a poetry older than words. So we place ourselves in the memory, in the foundation that is always still shifting, and then go forth. So let us go forth into this season of wonder, be open to the mystery of the lengthening nights and the shorter days, knowing that in a matter of weeks, the cycles turn again. And in the course of this season, we sing and we celebrate and we wait and we are amazed. Amen.